Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello all. Yo diggity. What's going on man? I'm going to change protocol here. What protocol are you changing today? I'm not, I'm not talking like IP protocol type thing. Right. I'm talking uh, the show's protocol. What what protocol are you changing? Normally we go into a little intro thing and then we uh, talk about another topic or two, do a tune, topic, tune. We have the wine usually in the middle. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking wine right off the bat. Cause you I wanna want to talk wine? Yeah, and I've got a good reason for this. And you know my reason. It's selfish <laughs> I, I, reasons. I, I do know your reason. I was, I was a part of that. Okay. Uh, what I did, and I'll talk about this later, is uh, I took a little trip with my daughter. It was her birthday, 10th birthday, a little mm-hmm. milestone. She's a decade old. Number one daughter or number two daughter? Number one. Okay. Number one. Now, are you rating them in terms of how much you like them or just who was first Birth on the order. planet? Birth order. <laughs> Are you suddenly Charlie Chan? <laughs> my number one son. Of course, it's my daughter. My number one son is actually the youngest. Um, so we I, we took a, a trip. We went out to Boston, a little road trip. Uh, I went to go visit my nephew, who's living out there and working out there now. Francis. Francis. And um, when we were out there, we drove by a couple of uh, Trader Vic's. Or, I mean, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's uh, little... Trader Joe. Uh, grocery store. It's a cool Joe, store. Joe of the Trader. Yeah. More again, famous for being on the West Coast, I think. Again, I've got a couple of things to say about uh, Mr. Uh, Joseph, Trader Joseph. Later. Yeah, but. But. We went, out but. To, we went out to the Framingham store because the one in Boston does not sell the uh, much vaunted Charles Shaw two-buck chuck wine. Mm. <laughs> we vaunted. It's, yeah. it's haunted might be a better <laughs> yeah, that's word. That's right. We, we've had uh, other people recommend two-buck chuck. And, and it's not... Yeah, actually, I have a friend on the West Coast who works for a really big music store chain. Her name is, um, <laughs> what the, I, I honestly can't believe, I can't remember her name. You're going to edit this in. Her name she, is, her name is, her name is, well, ma. <laughs> she, uh, on Beautiful Lake, well, ma. <laughs> she, uh, she has an unusual name and it's, it's escaping me at the moment. What's it rhyme with? <laughs> Malva. <laughs> <laughs> Dolores. That's right. <laughs> but she is a big fan of the Joe of the Trader, the Trader Joe's, and she drinks the two buck chuck. And she was telling me about it. And she's a fan. She's a fan of the two buck chuck. You can get a buzz on two bucks, and I think that's her reason for being a fan. Well, I w- before the the show started, during our intro, I was thinking, man, winos—they've got it made. They're like, all is set this up. cheaper than Ripple? I mean, what what is the actual hierarchy of pricing? Is Ripple more or less? I don't know. I, usually, when I'm I'm uh, shopping for houses and wine, I have a, a lower limit as well as an upper limit. What about your Cavassier? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was one disappointed because it wasn't two dollars; it was two ninety nine. So it was actually one hundred and fifty percent higher than two buck chuck. Something like so that. So it was sort of like three buck fucking chuck or something like that. It was still rhyming with the buck. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was some rhymage. Right. And a little reason. So I figured I'd grab a couple of bottles of this. I didn't grab a whole case because I'm a little bit scared of 
jumping into a, a wine that I haven't tasted. But you know what? I see on TV, and I was telling you this, I saw one on TV, a little segment on, I don't even know what it was, on the Charles Shaw. It was yesterday or the day before. And it occasionally gets these mystery reviews on the internet and giving it 92 points and stuff. So people go out and buy it by the case. From what? Some Bob's newsstand? Is? Well, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, anyways, I, we tasted it. We had a little tasting A here. double blind. That's uh, Right. I closed my eyes. Both of them. <laughs> Close your eyes. And I'm, I'm being absolutely honest. I'm, I'm not... I mean, I had high hopes for Charles. I was skeptical, but was yet open-minded. Yeah, I was hoping. I really wanted Chuck to, to pull through here We for wanted us. Chuck to shine. But I found a, a perfect use for Charles. <laughs> you want to bring the remote mic with me here? Oh, wait. We're going remote, We're going folks. remote. We're going remote. So let me uh, crank up the volume on the remote mic. I'm off mic, so I can't hear anything. All right. We're going remote. Here we go. Wait, let me move the chair. We're making... This is our second remote. Our first one was from the Café Domenico. So what is your use? Well, there's some different uh, audio qualities because we've got a smaller room here. L listen. There, there's my glass. And then here's the rest of the bottle. Well, you know, I'm pretty much thinking that says it all. I give it a 91. Are you gonna? Are you, he's wiping. He actually he's using toilet paper and wiping, except he's wiping the the bowl, the bowl of the toilet. Okay, so that we are done with our second remote, and we're we're going back to our normal microphones. All right. And I said it was a selfish reason for for doing this early on because um, I wanted to empty out my glass so that I can use it for some real wine. Yeah, I mean, you know, and honestly, this isn't us hating it because it's the two buck chuck and because it's it's inexpensive. But it really, it, in fact, what year was that again, John? Was that the 08 that we were just drinking? <laughs> no, that wasn't. It was actually an 04. It was aged, and as I said it earlier, it tasted like uh, just fermented grape juice. And I know this is being silly, but it tasted well, like sweet. Grape juice. Like that Welch's had, that stayed in the jar too long. Yeah, and it had um, some alcohol mixed in with it. It didn't have any flavors of, of wine that I'm familiar with. Yeah, it didn't taste like it was aged in oak because it was probably not. And it didn't finish with any, you know, nice hints of any aftertastes, any any spices, any oak, any cherry, anything, any fruits, any nectarines. In fact, it was more like grape schnapps. <laughs> it's, it's wine by DuPont is what it was. <laughs> Actually, when we looked up uh, Two Buck Chuck and, and we looked up the the, uh, the whole history of it, apparently Coca-Cola owns portions of it. So that all sort of makes sense. <laughs> well, we have a, we have a real wine, wine here. What's the wine we've, we've taken to drinking after the Two Buck Chuck? This oh, is... and the joy of the Two Buck Chuck is that there's another bottle. I believe there's a bottle of the Shiraz up in John's yeah. wine cupboard. That was the Cabernet Sauvignon yeah. that and, just went down the toilet. And it uh, doesn't have anything else on the label other than... Charles Shaw, 2004, Cabernet. Um, this is a different wine. It's two also th bought at the uh, Trader Joe's. Yeah, and this one in Framingham, they've got a very large wine selection. They've got quite a few few wines there, and they've got good wines. I picked up a, a couple of other bottles. Um, this one is 
uh, Alexander Valley Simi, S-I-M-I. It's also a Cabernet, 2004. Which, which is a valley, the Simi Valley. Yep, and it's uh, definitely California. It says, Healdsburg, Heldsburg. If someone wants to uh, correct my pronunciation, hit me. Um, yeah, I can't correct it because I'm, I'm not certain. So, you know, I just wanted to talk about the intro. Two things, real briefly. Saw a cool road sign on the way here on Route 5. Stop. And, and a, no, I ignore those. They're stop optional. I believe it was someone's father who said red lights were optional. <laughs> it's a suggestion. Someone I know who happened to have a police surgeon's card in his wallet. <laughs> no names, no fathers. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I was uh, right in Wampsville, scenic Wampsville, which is nowhere near the Simi Valley. And I saw this sort of homemade A-frame kind of, you know, one of those things that somebody might wear over their shoulders, except it wasn't sandwich over their board. shoulders. Sandwich board. Mm-hmm. But it was out there, thank you, on the uh, front lawn, and it said, Killer, bring our troops home. And I'm pretty sure they were referring to George Bush. I'm sure that sign was addressing Mr. Mr. Bush. And I concur. What else can you say? Or, we haven't um, talked about the war in a while. <clears throat> but things aren't getting any better. And Bush is still insisting, stay the course. And I'm, I am really think he's insane. For anybody to be in this much denial, he's just got to be mental. Well, even his own party is about to just stab the knife in the back and twist it. I, I heard someone, um, I, they were, I don't know, some talking heads on NPR or something like that. And, and normally... The talking heads were on NPR? Yeah. Not, not the talking heads, but the uh, talking heads. And you may ask yourself... And that's apropos, same as it ever was. They're they're talking <laughs> they're, they're talking about what um, a nice schmegway. <laughs> they're talking about why is it that we're not hearing anything about the war, or we're not hearing so much about the war. Um, and I think now that I'm I'm saying this, I'm remembering there was a, a a lieutenant or a captain who just came back from Iraq after being there for eighteen or twenty one months years. Um, who he had a two month old child just before he was deployed and he came back and now he's got a two-year-old um and he's saying that you know he was he was horribly affected by it because day in day out you see all this violence and you see all of the the uh the horrible stuff going on there and he said he was shocked at not really hearing anything about it on the news i mean in relative terms he said that when he came back all he's hearing about is paris hilton He's hearing about, uh, you know, the iPhone going on sale. He's hearing about all sorts of stuff but the war. Well, we, we actually even mentioned Paris, so. Well, true. But we don't ignore everything else, you know, just to talk about Paris. Right. And, and, um, but and man, she's hot. And so, it's hot. And some of those, uh, those issues of, of the, the press not covering the war, um, someone on this talking head panel was suspecting that, Really, what's going on is people are sick and tired of hearing about it because it's depressing. And in this country, we do not like depressing news. We like, you know, upbeat, happy news, well, right? Well, I don't really watch the news because it's all just, you know, I mean, I am aware of what's going on in the world, but I don't like the way the corporate news networks present things. You know, Fox is just a, a propaganda wing of the Republican Party. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And someone may, and, and again, someone speculating here may have said to the president, hey, look, you know, we're, we've got uh, war fatigue and uh, these corporate heads who have advertisers who really pay the bills, they're hearing that they've got war fatigue, that the, the American public is war fatigue. So they, they cut back on the war coverage, which to me, I, I think, is a travesty. And I don't think there's any other word for it. 
Yes. I'm just As taking, you write. I'm just taking notes, not about anything you're saying. I actually didn't want to go into the war. Okay. I just wanted to, to mention that sign, but I'm glad we did go into the war because we haven't really talked about the war in a while. All right. Now, what's Paris Hilton doing? She's hot. I bet she has an iPhone that's got, like, jewels all over it. <laughs> you know what it's got on it? I don't know. Pictures of her. <laughs> so, you know, Tour de France is here. It's July. Yeah, let's talk and, about something uh, that's not warlike. And it's just generally ignored by the American media <laughs> also. Uh, we're a week into the Tour de France. It started last Saturday. The The prologue was in London, England, and the first stage was in London, and then the second stage was in Belgium, I believe. <sighs> Tour to London, tour to England, tour to UK. They've had the prologue in London before the year the Channel Channel opened. They had the prologue, which is just a short, like, you know, five mile time trial, eight kilometers or something like that. It's it's sort of an unofficial official stage. It's the Anglo-Franco relationships being uh, well, they bridged. had to use the channel. Well, they're not bridging it; they're channeling it. They're channeling it. That's right. So today was stage seven. They finally reached the mountains. And if anybody's heard me talk about the tour before, nothing counts until you hit the mountains because that's what separates, as they say, the men from the boys, from the girls. That's right, little girls. So today was an interesting stage. There was a couple of lower, lower rated climbs, like some Cat threes and Cat fours. But today's stage finished with a Cat one, the Col de Colombier, which is a pretty, uh, pretty steep. It gets steeper as you go. You need ladders. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. And today was kind of cool because uh, there was a breakaway early, and these guys, four guys, managed to stay away. And then when they got on the last climb, this German dude named Linus Gerdemann from the T-Mobile team took a flyer and left a couple more guys behind, and then he just finished. He finished the stage, and not only did he win the stage, that the amount of time he put between himself and the guy who was wearing the yellow jersey uh, was so great that he is now wearing the yellow jersey. But he, it was such a tremendous effort that he was frothing at the mouth by the end of the stage. And, I mean, that just happens to endurance athletes sometimes. They look like they're rabid. Now, when they, they switched jerseys, did he at least wash it before he gave him the jersey? I think so, yeah. So I... My point about him having worked so hard and frothing at the mouth is that I suspect he will not be able to put in a, a good effort tomorrow, which is a, there are many more higher category climbs. So despite the fact that he's wearing the yellow today, he might not be after tomorrow and probably certainly not after the next uh, mountain stage. Well, in fact, his team had to put him down. <laughs> it's like an old yeller thing. Yeah, they did. So where am I overall standing? So where does that put the guys that matter? Andreas Kloden, the German who crashed the other day and has a hairline fracture of his coccyx. He's actually riding on his tailbone that's slightly fractured. How painful must that be? He's 339 behind Mr. Gerdemann. And Levi Leipheimer, the American with the best chance this year, who's riding for Team Discovery. Lance's old team is 406 behind. And uh, there's one more guy, Alexander Vinokurov, who also rides for Cloden's team, uh, Astana. And uh, he's 44th at 516 behind. So, yeah, we won't really know anything until we get more deeply into the mountains. But the Tour de France is on, and I can watch it in the mornings. When is the, uh, the pole vault event? If I'm not mistaken, that's after the third rest day. <laughs> okay. It's not a decathlon. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not. And, you know, I just actually want to mention two more things. Just general comments. I like the band The Cranberries. I heard a couple tunes the other day. I hadn't heard any Cranberries in a while. I Zombie. like her quirky uh, vocal style. And I, I want to say something else. I saw a film called Off the Black uh, with Nick Nolte. 
And uh, Nick Nolte is is what good. year is this? It's a, his most recent work, I think. Is it? Yeah, it was released, you know, in February or something like that. And uh, Nick Nolte, I like. I think that guy's got a lot of talent. He was so great in Lorenzo's Oil. I he hated was, him in Lorenzo's Oil. Really? I thought he was phenomenal. You in know Lorenzo's why I hated Oil. him in that? Because you you're a hater. Because I'm a play a hater. No, because he did not sound like an Italian at all. He was supposed to be playing a, a an Italian. Uh, with a, a sort of broken English Italian accent, and he sounded like an American doing a cheesy spicy meatball accent. It was what awful. He sounded si- like everybody in your family. Well, to you, <laughs> but if, for someone who actually grew up with an Italian accent in the house every day, a, a, a poor attempt at an Italian accent really took me away from from uh, his performance. Oh man, took me out of it. I thought he was great. The movie I liked a lot, but I, I took me out of it because t- every time he spoke, I was thinking, "Oh, geez, he's thinking about twirling spaghetti, isn't he?" Oh man, you're so you're such a hater. I don't get it. <laughs> I agree that he's a good actor, but I, I'm just saying that performance didn't do it for me. You know, and that brings us to the main meat of the show today. Okay, film number twenty-one. <laughs> oh wait a minute, we're not going to do twenty-one through forty. Okay. You know, in my last Lorenzo's oil. My last comment is uh, a couple people emailed me, not to the feedback address, but emailed me some friends of mine that that listened to the show, and their comments were that they they want to know what's with you in the ultra violent films, all the mob films. You know, they 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 they're commenting that you seem like a mild mannered guy, yet you love the violent films. I'm I'm just wondering if you had a comment on that. Suck it. <laughs> I don't know. There is that. <laughs> violent films are, or or the violent femmes. Film with violence is is uh, it's just another form of expression. It's another uh, way of telling stories, and just so happens that uh, film is escapism. Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a violent person or I enjoy violence. I mean, isn't an answer that approaches the truth more closely that you really secretly want to be in the mob and you want to <laughs> right. shoot people in the head? I mean, wouldn't that actually more accurately portray the truth in this case no i think the 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 bigger answer is that uh or the more accurate answer is that uh a lot of very good films have violence in them and i just happen to pick up on that uh, yet these people noticed that on my list there really weren't a lot of because you're a fairy films. <laughs> there is that <laughs> i forgot pardon me i have to go exercise my wings <laughs> well there's exercise your wings and take your estrogen that's right <laughs> Oh, do you want to go into a tune? Actually, the, the question should have been, why does Rich not have enough violent films in his list? Well, and it, actually, I do have two violent films on my list. There was A Clockwork Orange, which mm-hmm. is certainly... Ultra-violent. Ultra-violent, yeah. I mean, that really coined the term ultra... Well, the novel <laughs> coined the term ultra-violence, but uh, A Clockwork Orange carried on the fine tradition of ultra-violence. And the other film that I have, which is uh, violent, was Rollerball. I mean, there's certainly some violence that, that in there. very in the, violent. In the guise of a game, and it's... It's not a film that's violent to be violent's sake, which is why you didn't see a lot of Mr. Uh, um, Kill Bill um, Tarantino. Tarantino. I, I think he's tends to be violent to be violent sometimes, and you know, it's stylized violence. It's not even like realistic violence. Okay, <laughs> those guns and knives and well, okay. samurai swords. He has in, a thing for samurai swords in, too, doesn't um, he? In Pulp Fiction, there's a lot of uh, realistic-like violence. Exactly. In Kill Bill, we're talking almost cartoonish violence. Yeah, in Kill Bill. Yeah, you're right. But uh, there you go. So my friends uh, were just wondering about that. I'm not going to name names. And I think another question I have to throw back at them is, why were they not uh, bold enough to email the feedback address? Why do they have to go through a proxy to ask these questions? Well, because they don't want to offend anyone. 
They're not, I'm not offended by the question. They're, they're not haters like you. They, they just, they just <laughs> because they're afraid that I'm going to kill them. <laughs> exactly. Right. All right. You want to jump into a tune? All right. Hit it. Let's check it out. It's good stuff. Where'd you get that? That was uh, Mr. Dustin Jones, and I actually discovered him on the tube of you. My tube? YouTube. My tube. Yeah, I was searching on classical guitarists, and I found a performance of his. I honestly don't remember which one, but I emailed him and Stairway. Uh, actually, it was quite. It was. It was Stairway. No. Yes. And out in the tiles, and I emailed him. God, quite a while ago about perhaps playing some of his stuff on the show. And he said, well, I'm working on a CD right now. Let me get back to you. And some months passed, actually quite a few. And then I got an email from him saying his CD was done. 
and uh, he let us uh, play the stuff. He's our featured artist today, actually. I believe this is the first time on a show where we've done two songs where they're both going to be by the same artist. I don't think we've done that I think before. this is the first. You yeah. know what else is the first? What? what? Triple digits. Yeah, this is show 100, yo. Ding, 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 ding. Here, we should uh, we should do this. Wow. Show 100. That we, means we've done 100 shows or more. We've done 102, but we've 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 our numbering scheme got a little hosed. We're now in hex. I'm going to start using letters. 64 is 100 in hex, isn't it? Let me see. I'll have to figure this you one out. That, I, can't, I can't do this like on air. I think the Windows calculator converts from decimal to binary to hex. But I just wanted to mention uh, Dustin again. DustinJonesGuitar.com. So run on over there and uh, see if he doesn't have a button to buy the CD. There's a lot of really strong composition on here. Most of them are his. It's a, it's a CD called Nescoin, which was actually the name of that song we just played, which mm-hmm. I believe is a city in Oregon. I believe so. And I believe I meant to get a bio from Dustin to see if uh, he's actually from Oregon. I don't recall where he's from, but uh, but nothing. I just don't recall where he's from. We'll get more info. Yeah, we'll get more info and talk about the future, and we're going to play a little more Dustin a little later. But uh, what do you got, man? What do you got for well, the middle? Well, as I was saying, I came back from Boston um, yesterday. Beantown, yep. home of good baseball team? Home of a baseball team, and they just happen to be pretty good this year. They're generally good all the time. <sighs> yeah, Boston's a big baseball town, but the thing that I noticed when I was watching uh, Boston television... Well, when you're in New York, first, let me say this. When you're in New York, especially upstate New York, you are uh, you find that if you turn the TV on, it's mostly Yankees news. Sometimes you'll find uh, second-rate teams like the Mets show up. But Yankees news is what dominates Who are in first sports. place in our division. In their uh, barely, division, actually. Barely in first place. They're holding <laughs> what on does by barely their, mean? They're holding on by their teeth. What's the difference? Uh, they're only one and, a, one and a half games ahead, and I'm not going to say anything. And they've more. been losing like crazy. Wait till they actually win a few. I can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> well. So anyways, you're in New York. You see everything about the Yankees. People are talking about the Yankees all the time. I don't know. All I'm hearing now is Jets talk. Well, which is pathetic because it's baseball season. It's just halfway through the baseball season. So anyways... It's funny, you go to another city and it's like that, but they're talking about that town's team. But it seems like the Red Sox have this inferiority complex. It's almost as if they define themselves with this whole Yankees rivalry. They don't they don't want to just rest on their own laurels. They want to rest on the fact that they're beating the Yankees or or they're they're doing something against the evil empire or to the Yankees. Or to the Yankees. The, the Yankees this this season just have no chance. They're 10 games behind, which means that the Red Sox have to lose 10 more games and the Yankees have to win 10 more games for them to be dead even. In, the, in, in, in a row would be nice. In a row would be nice. If you're a Yankees fan. Yeah. So they're pretty far out. and Far out. <laughs> and there's no way the Yankees are going to be able to win the division. But even with that, I mean, they're, they're, they're way ahead of the Yankees. Even with that. You look at the local news guys, and every time they're talking about the Red Sox accomplishments... They're not waiting for this to all come crashing down, are they? They always mention, and Derek Jeter said today, and I'm like, if the Yankees were 10 games ahead, you wouldn't be hearing about Red Sox. You'd be they're hearing just about trying the... to keep. They're trying to keep the rivalry hot. They I want know. the fans to hate the Yankees. Not a hard thing to do, where I come from, but... Right. Or certainly in the Boston area. But Derek Jeter made a comment during the the uh, the All Star break about, well, do you think you guys can actually get back in this and make it? And what's he going to say? No, we're done. So he says the diplomatic, uh, typical sports thing. Yeah, you know, if we try hard enough, we're going to, you know, don't count us out. And 
<laughs> the Red Sox media picked that up as a challenge. With uh, a good tailwind, the good Lord, and all this <laughs> other crap. Right. Now, I'm just happy to be here, and uh, we got a good <laughs> Bull team. Durham, we got right? a good, good ball club. Uh, we just keep uh, throwing the ball and win more we games than we lose. We got a good mix of youth and experience, and, That's and right. our gloves are made of leather. It all starts with pitching and all that, those good things. <laughs> so, anyways, it, I just found that pretty funny how the Red Sox just can't seem to... Uh, you know, win a game even though they're they're crushing every other team in the division. And the other thing is, you know, my daughter and I had a great time. We went to the North End, had some great Italian food. Was uh, Nick Nolte there? Nick was not there. No, I love the. He Nolte didn't show up. Didn't show up. I'm a little bit concerned about Nick's voice. He's getting a little raspy. It he, sounds not like quite he, as much as Brenda Vaccaro, but it sounds like he gargles with Brillo <laughs> <laughs> and Comet Cleanser, maybe <laughs> Comet Cleanser. So here's some of the things we did. We went to the Science Museum in Cambridge. I've been there. Which is pretty cool. I've been there a couple of times, and uh, they haven't added a whole lot to the exhibits. I mean, some of the exhibits are downright dusty. <laughs> that's the way it was the last time I went to the Corning Glass Museum. Oh, nothing that's nice. Had, nothing had changed since when I was a kid, and I was like, the, Corning is sort of a cutting edge mm-hmm. uh, ceramics, blah blah blah. I would have expect. I, I I don't expect the old glass, you know, the Ming vases that they stole from some tomb in China and stuff like that to change. But I expect the science end. I mean, yeah, the Mount, the, the scratched Mount Palomar mirror is mm-hmm. still there, and you know they don't want to move that. I guess I could see why that's still there. But none of the other small exhibits had changed, and I just was not impressed. That museum has changed. I've been there in, in the past year or two. And it has changed quite a bit since. Well, I was, I was a at kid. the science museum yesterday, and it was completely different than it was the day before. Right, the dust particles have settled a little bit more. They got a little vacuum. <laughs> They've got some some great displays there, some great exhibits, cool stuff. But man, they got to get with it. And we're talking about a science museum in Cambridge, which is you know walking distance to MIT. I mean, you know, like the biggest mecca of science eggheads there, right? Well, Caltech might argue, but... Well, sure, but I'm talking about on the East Coast. Okay. But, you know... Is Boston on the East Coast? Boston's not a big college town, so... Philly. Yeah. Yes, no, Boston... No, that's a real rock and roll town. Boston is on the East Coast. So, I mean, Cambridge and... The East Coast of what? The U.S. Oh. United States. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I'm in Cambridge, and my nephew, uh, he manages, co-manages, assistant manages the... Uh, <laughs> Which is... Whatever. It? It's, I can't remember what his real title is, but he's, he's part of the management staff of Legal Seafoods. So, the first night there, uh, my daughter and I, we show up, we go to Legal Seafoods in Cambridge, and we surprise him and say hi. And the, the waiter doesn't know that we're there just to visit him, really, so... Uh, He's asking us, you know, what what do we like? And I'm saying, I don't like seafood. <laughs> and we're talking about major seafood place here. <laughs> and and uh, he's trying to recommend something for my daughter. And he's like, well, you know, do you like shrimp? And she's like, no, I don't like seafood <laughs> either. So I had a vegetarian meal and she had a burger at uh, Legal Seafood. It was pretty good. It actually uh, puts me in the mind of a show we did uh, more than a year ago where you had talked about your son not wanting to eat animals anymore. Has he stuck with that? Not so much. Okay. <laughs> in fact, now he chases them down and kills them. He kills with them his himself. Bare hands. Yeah. He's yeah, got a stone knife and uh, right because I let him watch Kill Bill. Well, that's, that's what happens. Any, yeah, or pretty much any film on your top twenty list. So after we, we we went to the legal seafoods, we ate there. My nephew got out of work. Um, Is there and, a store called Illegal sea, Seafoods by chance? <laughs> you have to go to a back alley. It's behind the Legal Seafoods. Oh, okay. you knock on the door and they give you the the, the leavings. 
Is that where they serve the like the puffer fish? Fugu. The fugu. Fugu. Yeah, the poisonous. They just give you the poisonous parts. So uh, there's a, a mall, Cambridge Side Mall, I think it's called. It's a big mall there. In it's Cambridge. not the Cambridge Legal Mall? No. And in the Cambridge Side Mall, there is an Apple store. You don't mean fruit. I'm talking the Apple store. And I haven't mentioned this on the show, but I mentioned to Rich that, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm liking the whole iPhone thing. I'm liking the iPhone thing. I threatened him. He threatened me. So I went there just to see what it was like because there is there is so much hype about this thing. And and I'm not I'm not the guy who's, you know, an Apple devotee. I mean I'm a I You're a minion of jobs. I appreciate their industrial design, I appreciate their operating system, you know, the interface components to it, but I I literally have worked on every type of system there is. I've administered Unix systems. I've Multics. Worked, I develop Multics? That I haven't. I've I've I make my living on Microsoft systems. Uh, my past job, I was working on IBM AIX machines. I mean, it's to me a machine is is just as good as what it can do for you. Uh, and I'm looking at this iPhone. I'm saying, is this a nice thing? Is this a cool thing, or is it just hype? I picked the thing up, and I've got to say, it was one of the most beautiful pieces of machinery I've ever held in my hand. Oh, get over the it. interface. I'm gonna was, vomit. Was Hang perfect. on, I got to go to the bathroom again. I'm not saying this lightly. It's why I'm, I'm prefacing it with that I'm not an Apple minion. You are a minion. <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to own one of these machines. If you get an iPhone, I'll never speak to you again. Uh, you know what? With that threat, I'm going out and buying one right now. <laughs> no, it's it's really, I think it's a nice piece of uh, machinery. It's it's beautiful. And if it had gears, I'd agree with you. <laughs> that that the interface is gorgeous. The way that it uh, it blends every component, John, John, it, it's beautiful. John, it's a telephone. It's not a. And you know what's funny? I was just going to mention it's this. not a telephone. It is a telephone, but the last thing I was thinking about when I was it's, working it's with it, telephone. doing all the other stuff that it does. John's. Oh spend, yeah, it makes phone calls too. John's going to spend five hundred and fifty dollars on a telephone. No, I'm not. And the reason why I'm not is, one, I don't want to spend $550 on a telephone. And the other is that I'm waiting for version 2.0 to come out because I I have heard people talk about some glitches here and there. But it And is. if you buy version 2.0, I won't speak to you ever again twice as much. And in that, I'm going to send an email to Jobs to speed up production. I'm going to go talk to your wife after we put this show in the can. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure she puts the kibosh on the iPhone. That's just well, something she, you don't need. She probably will, but... Either way, I'm I'm telling you, I think you know if you held one of these things and worked with it and played around with it, it's uh, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I don't own a cell phone now. I, I don't think I would be overwhelmed by the iPhone. You know, I hate the commercials. <laughs> I pretty now, much... You're you're a hater. You're hating just to hate. You don't have an open mind what whatsoever. You have no open mind. Mind is closed. <laughs> mind is closed. <laughs> this has nothing to do with mind is closed. Closed mind. What it has to do with is the fact that it's just like a ridiculous gadget. Mind is closed. You know, and the world does not need any more ridiculous gadgets. You know, the Swiss Army knife is like the only ridiculous gadget anyone needs, Mr. Billy Williams F1 BMW hat wearing fried dough foot looking neck. Mind is closed. <laughs> it's not. I have one of the most open minds in the world. Except we gonna, for that whole closed part. <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> tool of satan (laughs) 
I just want to know what happened in your childhood to make you hate phones so much. I don't like phones. I will say that. The fact that it's a phone, any kind of phone, automatically makes me hate it. I hate phones that ring. The ringing drives me crazy. I, I just... think that, to me, I think that it's a misnomer. It, it calls itself iPhone, but it does way more than the phone. The phone is like the smallest part of it. Yeah, 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 I know. You can finger it and make it do whoozie wutzes and, you know, you can... Finger it? You know, you can touch it and slide pages around. You know what? Who cares? Me? I, yeah. What are you going to do with it? You're going to use it as a telephone. Every once in a while, maybe you'll use the Wi-Fi on it at Starbucks when you're sipping your mocha frappuccino that you paid eight ninety five for, Mr. Yuppie. <laughs> Yuppie? <laughs> Let's play a tune. And just to think that when I was at Trader Vic's, I was looking for some gluten-free stuff for you. You didn't. Anyway, I did. Yeah, let's play a tune. Refreshing. Again, by uh, Dustin.
Dustin Jones. That was a really sort of um, spirited piece called One Fine Thursday, which is track number two on his Nesquin CD, DustinJonesGuitar.com. Go out, buy his CD. He rules. He rocks. You know what I bet he doesn't have? Uh, <laughs> tell me. A closed mind. He might not. But, you know, I saw a movie at Munson, and it wasn't the most recent one because uh, I don't want to talk about the most recent one since I didn't like it that much. But I want to talk about the film I saw two weeks ago, and I believe it was called iPhones Are for Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. It really wasn't, although that film, hey, I'm, I'm making that film. If loving an iPhone is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This was a little piece called Starter for Ten, a uh, Tom Vaughn film, 2007, from the UFK, the United Kingdom, rated PG-13 for sexual content language and a scene of drug use. <laughs> it's very specific on the top of this Wow. Film. Wow, I know, 96 minutes long. And you know who was in this? Steve Jobs. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say it was Starter for Wankers. <laughs> Wozniak. Now, Waz I like because he actually is a great designer and engineer. Jobs is just, you know, whatever. I don't like anyone who has a, a Segway Polo League. You know who was in this? It was James McAvoy, who was the uh, Forrest Whitaker's co-star in The the Last King ah, of Scotland. Haven't seen it. He does a bit of a, a Scottish accent in The Last King of Scotland. And in this one, he does a bit of a, a bit of an English accent. And what's this film about? Well, it's all about the uh, the character Brian that James McAvoy plays. And as a youth, he and his dad used to sit around watching those university challenge type TV shows, mm -hmm. you know. And he just wanted to be clever, I think was the word he used. You know, I just want to be clever to make my dad proud. And at some point in the film, we don't know when, his dad dies. And then the film kind of cuts to the future and he's he's going away to college. You know, we see him in his college interview and he gets accepted. And he goes to school, and he sees a sign, tryouts for our university challenge team on ah. Thursday. <laughs> so he goes, and they, they three people. They allow three people on the team, and three people show up. <laughs> so his odds are pretty good. So he made it his, uh, what, number third cut? <laughs> no, but, then, cut. but then, then comes the curveball. The really hot blonde walks in. There's as always the, a romantic interest, isn't there? Well, there's two. But the hot blonde walks in, and that was Alice Eve, pl ironically playing a character named Alice. And, Eve Plum. And you know what? He doesn't make the team. Alice oh. makes the team uh -huh. because the captain of the team kind of might be playing favorites, you know, trying to get a date with the, the charming and attractive Alice. So does he uh, end up working as their manager, road manager? He's the ball boy. He's the ball boy. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's really making me laugh. Well, you know, there's nothing left after uh, you're on the team, and then you're the uh, towel handler. You wash the balls. <laughs> wash the balls. And, well. Okay. At one point in the film, he uh, he runs across a protest, and he runs into the other love interest in the film. Played so he by joins the Russians. <laughs> That's right. He's a commie. Uh, a character named Rebecca, played by Rebecca Hall. Are you sensing a theme here? Alice was played by Alice Eve, and Rebecca was played by Rebecca Hall. And Alice has the 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 kind of looks that most red-blooded American men would say. She's more attractive. She's the blonde. She's got a really tight body. She's very curvy. And Rebecca's a gorgeous woman as well, but she's a little more earthy. She's into the protest scene, and you know she's probably like a vegan. 
Hippie. Way taller than either Alice or Brian, you know? She's probably got an iPhone. And she's Jewish, and they have this really uncomfortable moment where they meet in a party about, you know, being Jewish and everything. It's it's actually really funny. And actually, I found this film to be terribly funny. And what I love about it was its humor. And, you know, in a lot of films like this, you have sort of the blonde bombshell who might not be particularly smart who you know the film kind of trains you to not like that character and you kind of know he's going to go for the other girl the smarter earthy girl because that's the way it's supposed to go but actually this film kind of didn't go there both of these girls were really smart and you know the alice had a few issues and yes in the end he did end up kind of going over to the rebecca side which made me a little angry because i'm i'm not sure if the film wanted that to have you know what i mean i'm not sure if the writing was trying to make the audience root for her more or not because Alice had a lot of redeeming and charming features. She was very empathic. You know, she was very in touch emotionally with other people. She's made a few bad choices in her life. And what I didn't like about the film was the fact that we didn't get to know Alice a little more. And, you know, Brian didn't perhaps pursue that relationship a little more because she, I think she was a person of value. I think she was a good person. You know, yeah, there was a few weird things in her past, you know, you know, dating 40-year-old men she was when she was 20, you know, things like that. Maybe a little... uh a little um, impetuous. Beyond impetuous, the word I'm looking for is um, what's the word? You know, when you're kind of a little sleazy and you might be sleeping around. Skank. Skank. You know, yeah, that's not the word I want, but I guess that'll have to do. But yeah, really funny film. The whole university challenge thing works its way in at the end in in a very quiz showian way. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the. Uh, the, uh, the quiz film. show? Yes, the film by Mr. Redford that featured uh, the guy from Northern Exposure, whose name escapes me at the moment. John Turturro was in that, too. Yeah, him. yeah. But who's the guy who played uh, He played the doctor on Northern Exposure? Rob Morrow. He was in a quiz show as well. So, yeah, I, I think this film had a lot of charm. I had a few problems with the way, you know, the relationships were portrayed, but it's really funny. I mean, you will, uh, you will laugh your ass off. So I'm actually going to recommend this one, despite my misgivings. Misgivings? You? Yes. No, well, Someone so open-minded? <laughs> yeah, but you know what the worst part is? I don't want an iPhone. <laughs> it is. That's pretty bad part that you don't want the iPhone. I think it's pathetic that anybody would want an iPhone. <sighs> what am I going to do with you? You could buy me an iPhone. <laughs> oh! No. I really don't want one because you know what? Then it's going to ring. Then you're going to like it and you'd hate to be wrong. You know what? If it rang, I wouldn't like it. I would smash it with a hammer. It's got a little silencer switch. Does it? So yeah. how do you know when it's ringing? You leave messages. Yeah, but how do you know when it's ringing? You don't have to know it's ringing. Yeah, but how do you, you know can when vibrate. it's ringing? Oh, you like that, don't you? I I've, I've, been waiting, I've been waiting for you to come out with that. I kept asking so you'd come up with the vibrate. You can silence it. You can get messages. Yeah, not into the cell phone thing. Just, you know, I want people to leave me alone. I'm a little garbo. There's a little garbo in me. <laughs> I want to be left alone. So that's what that protrusion is. <laughs> No, that's just from the steroids. I'm uh, growing man breasts. Okay. It's from all my cycling. Oh, let's get out know. of hand. You I know what time that, it is? What is it? I think it's a show. It's showtime. Showtime. Not to be confused with HBO and Skinamax. Nope. Hey, guess what? I don't know. We've got a website. I just found this out. <laughs> www.dustinjonesguitar.com And bloodyveg.com is our site. Yeah, you can go there, and uh, you cannot buy Dustin's CD there, but you can probably find out on his website. Yeah. And uh, you can uh, check us check out our forum, www.bloodyveg.com slash forum. 
Check out uh, our email address too. Send us email about your wants and desires, and mostly iPhone type twenty one through stuff. forty films. Uh, feedback at bloodyvege.com. Yeah. So thank you, Dustin, for letting us play your cool tunes. We're gonna play a few more, perhaps even some you didn't write in the future. Too late now. We have the CD. Anyway, you're listening to the VIB. 